Are you tired of using Google Drive or Dropbox to send files to clients? Well, never get burned again with FilePass. I love and use FilePass exclusively for sending files to my clients. It's a cloud file sharing website specifically made by engineers for engineers. It's absolutely amazing. Go to mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash FilePass to check out the full feature list and subscribe today. Never lose another dime to burned projects. Happy mixing, my friends, and enjoy the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One, two, three. Welcome back to the Mixing Music Podcast. Today we have a very special episode with a special guest, Alejandro, or also known as Mix by Toach. How you doing, Toach? How you doing, man? Hey, man. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me here. Appreciate that. This is a... This is awesome. Thanks for the opportunity, bro. Yeah, we're excited to have you here. Toach and I, we met randomly uh, by the Mix yeah. with the Masters booth at the NAMM show. And uh, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of awesome that we were able to hang out. I just kind of had the feeling like, man, I should say hi to this guy. I think we were sitting next <laughs> to each other. Who were we listening to? Jason Joshua or something? I think it was Jason. Yeah, Jason Joshua. First off, how was NAMM for you? I loved it. it was my, actually, it was my first time out there. Um, I loved it. I think it was pretty good. Did a lot of networking. Uh, learned a lot of stuff that's coming out. My first time in California, so I loved it. I was like, yeah, this is where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. And uh, that was a fun seminar that we were part of. And a little bit about Toach. He's from Massachusetts, and yeah. so out on the East Coast. And he's got a couple names under his belt. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about your claim to fame, your work, and what you do, and everything about your business? All right, man. Yeah, definitely. I um I own a recording st- studio here in Worcester, Massachusetts. If you guys are not familiar with that, that's where Joyner Lucas, that's where he's from. Yeah. So it's, it's a pretty, uh, it's the second biggest city from Boston. Uh, so it's like connected towards the middle of Massachusetts. And, uh, and ever since like, Journal came out. There's a lot of there's a lot of good artists out here that's coming out strong, man. I yeah. think we, the sound the sound out here is ever, it's 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 changing. Um, it's being it's being unique. Um, every time um Jordan puts something out, it's like yeah, I identify I identify with that sound because that's you can hear Worcester all over that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, but the way I started, I started way back in the day, man. I've been doing this for almost like. 20 years, man, almost. Um, I started in uh, my friend's house and uh, worked my way from there, man. 
to I bought a house, did it on my basement. From there, I went to a commercial building, and now I'm still here in a commercial building. Um, though my first big artist that I started with mixing was uh, Wyclef Jean. Are you are you probably too young to know? No, about I know who Wyclef, Wyclef is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so what? By, by that time, Wyclef was retired, and he was running for president in Haiti. So there was an artist from here to Worcester that. Um, started making music and he heard it and he reached out to him hey man I like your music you know let's do something together I was like we were like okay cool so went to New York met up with him he wasn't doing music or anything um, but that song and we ended up recording a song with, with, with Wyclef that day and he gave me the opportunity to mix it he's like yo listen my usually my my brother's the one that mixes everything for me but I, you know I, I heard the stuff I like the way you did it so I'm gonna give you give you an opportunity. I was like, I appreciate that, but you ain't ready for me, man. <laughs> so I came in, I killed the mix. He, he, you know, he still wanted that. He was looking for that song. They were looking for that Fuji style. Yeah. Because so, um, I think thing. he was close. Wasn't Wyclef close with the Fujis? Specifically yeah, with Lauren Hill? Of, <laughs> yeah, it was part Yeah, yeah. It was part of that. So uh, so I mixed it, it was, and, you know, it went pretty good. And ever since then, you know, I get to work with a bunch of more artists. Yeah. I opened the doors for for a lot for a lot of things. That's amazing. Yeah, and you've worked with some bigger names now as well. Um, mm-hmm. And I really respect your work. I've listened to a lot of your mixes. I've listened to um, a lot of your post production mastering and stuff. And Thanks, uh, man. dude, it's everything sounds really really solid. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Appreciate that, yeah, man. man. Appreciate that. So I'm glad to have you on the show. I'm glad that we can talk, especially because in our world, from a worldwide perspective there tends to be a lot of engineers within like the rock scene within the pop scene, but specifically within like R and B and hip hop. It's a little bit more, not rare anymore, but, uh, it's not as common, you know? Yeah, so <laughs> sure. I'm for glad sure. that we can connect and talk about this. Yeah, man. So dude, tell me, tell me about your process. So when you mix, what are some of the first mm-hmm. things that you do? Like if you get stems or however you ask to receive sessions, right? What is some of your process for setting up a session for you? Well, I, 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 what I do is like, I like to listen to the rough mix. Even a lot of people, they're like, I don't know, some people don't like the rough mixes, but I like to listen to rough mixes just to see the idea of the producer and the engineer, what, where they're going with it. You know, I communicate with them, see what's up, what's in their mind, because I want to be on the same page. Like, again, because I mix all types of music from rock to everything. So, my vision could be different than theirs. So that's the first thing I do. And then once I get the files, uh, you know, put everything in order, drums, keys, everything in order, color-coded and everything. But then I start, you know, start, I listen to it a lot before I even touch mixes. Um, I just, like, try to get the vibe. You know, I, I, I mix more for it by instincts. You know what I'm saying? The vibe that I'm getting and the feeling that I'm getting from the song. And that's what I go for. And then I start pulling up, you know, dialing up. Because once I hear the vibe, I, I already know what I want, what I'm looking for. So I'm like, okay, cool, you know, and I start dealing and I started, sometimes, you know, most of the time I start with the beat or sometimes I start with the vocals, either, either or. That's dope. I sure. Yeah, for sure. I love that. Yeah, so one of the things that I talk a lot about on the show is the importance of a rough mix. I think that the rough mix is very important and I love that you brought up that you listen to it a lot and you spend time listening mm-hmm. to it for the vibe, right? Do you mm-hmm. think, in general that there are better mixes than other mixes? Or is it just an interpretation and style? I think it's just an interpretation of style, of your style. I don't think there's a right or wrong. Um, 
I think it's just an interpretation. You know, this is an art, and basically we're painting a picture, and this is the way we want the world to see our picture. Absolutely. That's the way I think think about it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And you probably get a lot of clients specifically for your, you know, your style. For your sound. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I kind of, like, my sound is just, I, I still haven't, like, pinpointed it. <laughs> but everybody tells me, oh, it's clear, it's crispy. You know, I listen to a lot. Well, that comes from, because I listen to a lot of um, Spanish hip-hop ah. and trap. Bad Bunny and all mm-hmm. them cats. I, I listen to a lot of it just because I like the the way it's leveled, the bass and the kick. You know, is it, the way it, it's kicking. So I listen to a lot, a lot of that. But before that, when I started mixing, I usually I started mixing bands, rock. I did a lot of rock, so I, I follow a lot of CLA, uh, Chris Lord, Algae, yeah, all that stuff and all his mixes, which I got to meet to meet like personally over there in. Um, now, which I was like, what? It was crazy. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> but anyways, so yeah, I, I did a lot of live bands. So that kind of like helped me up a lot. Yeah, that's so interesting. So would you, how much would you say of your work is hip hop, R&B, more urban? Um, let's include reggaeton in there versus like rock music or like t- just a totally different genre. Bro, it used to be like a good 80% rock and music. Now, now it's mostly hip hop. I would tell you 90%. It's hip hop R and B music, um, which is cool. I I grew up listening to that, so I really enjoy mixing stuff like that. I have a question with your studio. You said you own a studio, and yes. um, I know nobody else can see what we're doing right now, but I see your studio in the background. It looks nice. You got some nice LEDs and stuff going on. Um, but I assume you do a little bit of recording. So you said you've been doing it about twenty years or so. Yeah. You know, probably since you were young as well. How much mm-hmm. of that time have you spent mixing versus tracking, you know? Well, yeah, that's a good question, man. And how has it um, changed over the years, I think, is, is the best way to answer that, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I, I spent most of the time recording a lot um, and sending it out to mix when I first started to other engineers um, that the artists preferred. But I always got, you know, was, always got into my rough mix, m- making sure my rough mixes were good. You know, I think that's how people started trusting me with their mixes. When my mixes, my rough mixes started really good, and and um, they were like, you know what, that mix this guy did, the rough mix that you did sounds way better. So you know, that's the way I got into the people trusting me and mixing their projects. So yeah, I think I still think rough mixes are are important. Yeah, you know, absolutely, yeah. and and I love that because I feel like a lot of people start their career that way. Um, Mm -hmm. especially when they have a thriving community. For me, it was not the same exact way because in Utah, in this small market, most studios do everything from beginning to end, right? But in your case, where you probably have a a few more studios and it's a little bit more economically thriving, um, Mm -hmm. oftentimes I hear people like, oh yeah, I became a mix engineer because people kept liking my rough mix. And like my rough mix was better than your master, you know, (laughs) uh, so people keep hearing, keep saying that. And so I love that. And one of the greatest things about that is that when you have a client leave the room after you record them and do a little rough mix, they're kind of forever attached to that sound, to that vibe. So it's a really great segue into like, hey, yeah, you might like my mix better because that's what we did first, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. And out here, it's a little different, man. The market, 
it's like they want everything yesterday, like today, like right now. When I leave the session, I want it mixed. So I've like kind of adapted, which is wrong. You know, it, I, I like to take time. You know, if people give me the time. When I take time, my mix it sounds way better. But some cats, they don't have the budget or they're in a hurry. They want to get down the same night. Um, but I, I'll, I'll mix a song. I'll, I'll hit play. And by the time the song, the song finished playing, it's done mixing. Yeah. Cause I'll be flying, bro. I'll be flying. And plus, I, when I start off the, of the session, you know, that's another thing, man. In this business, you have to be quick. You have to be fast. Uh, you have to be reliable. Um, I've recorded, you know, my early years with big producers, and they were f- quick. You have to pull up. Oh, I want to make this sound. You have to be able to pull up quick and be quick with it. So I, I start with, you know, I have my general recording and mixing template. So I have like a template that's for mixing that's already inactive there. So whenever we don't record and boom, I activate those plugins and start adding them and, and, and everything there. I, that, I use it as a starting point. Yeah. You know, I use it as a starting point. Sometimes it work. Sometimes it doesn't work. I have a few templates. I was like, okay, this is not working. Let me, let me pull up another thing. But yeah, in this business, I think for, for those young mixers and, and producers, you have to be able to make your workflow fast and be able to adapt quick. Because, like I said, I've I've also recorded with with um, Hollywood actors, you know, and they're quick too. Producers are quick, you know. I've been in in my studio, and there's a whole studio in Hollywood, full of producers and, and directors, and they out here they're expecting you to do stuff quick. Oh, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna jump into the section, and you be like, oh, okay, you know, that's not okay. Give me a second. No, that's none of that. <laughs> yeah, that's not at all. So, so yeah, man, and that's that's one you know one thing I could tell them is like, yeah, um. You know, arrange yourself, make yourself more reliable, more willing to do anything. I'm also known as that. It's like, yo, they if I'm willing to do anything, you want to work, let's work. I'm not, oh, you know, I can't right now. Um, to, no, I'll be like, all right, let's do this. You know, yeah. that's that's one thing that I've I've I've, I've gained um, big gigs that way. I can tell you a story. Uh, you know, I don't know if you know YBN Corday. Yeah, of uh, course. Yeah, so. His his manager called me at at three in the morning. He's in he's in LA. I'm over here. Manager called me at three in the morning. He said, "Yo, what you doing?" I'm like, "What do you think I'm doing? I'm home, bro. I'm sleeping. It's three in the morning." He's <laughs> like, "I got I got I got Corday's few. I need I need you to master a few songs for him." I'm like, "I bet I'm on my way to the studio." Yeah. He's like, first of all, it's like he's like, "Can you do it for me?" I'm like, "Damn, nigga, it's, it's twelve o'clock, but okay." But he's like, "Uh, I'll pay you whatever." I was like, "All right, that." Plus a Red Bull. I'm on my way to the studio. <laughs> so at that time, at that time, it was three o'clock in the morning. I went, killed it. You know, ever since then, I've been I've been getting stuff from them. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really good point. So yeah. if you're like, sometimes it's not only just front of mind, you know, but also whoever's mm. first to sacrifice, whoever's willing to sacrifice. Yeah, I've I've noticed that that's taken me a long way. Uh, especially in the industry, you know, they're reliable. They know when they call me or I get a text, you know, they, they know they're going to get a reply real quick from me. So I have a couple of technical questions for you. First one's a little bit more general, but how do you think your mixes, your sound has changed over the course of your career? It has because I used to use a lot of outboard. And if, if, I don't know if you can see it, but I have a whole rack of outboard gear. But this, this, like I said, I don't know over there, but over here, everything is fast, and they want their the mixes the same day or the. You know, uh, yeah, like, I think that's pretty. Hour. I think that's pretty. Uh, dare I say, like a worldwide thing right now. 
Yeah, man. I have summon amps. I got distressors that I hardly use now because, I mean, I use it when I when they give me time to mix it. But since I record and mix within the, within the way, you know, same session, you know, it's it's sad because those those I still I don't I don't get rid of them because when I have good you know they they email me a mix I'm using those but it's changed a lot like I used to be able to use outboard more than before but now it's all mostly in the box that's crazy and so it's mostly in the box now and yeah. do you feel like obviously you've gotten better right over like the yeah. span of the twenty years so. Yeah. Like, what kind of techniques have you tried and then stopped using? What kind of techniques are you using now that you're trying or whatever? Or are you kind of like, once you figure it out, you stick to it? Well, how, what is kind of your process of learning, I guess? Uh, well, I, tr I tried. I mean, I got friends that are they're so much better than me. I pick their brain at times. Um, I use different techniques and see, and see what sounds, you know, what sounds better. I don't... I don't stay in one. I keep I keep using different and new techniques. See what's coming out. I look up information. Oh shoot, that sounds good. Let me let me try that. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But I keep it in mind. You know, for you know, every technique has a different sound. So I was like, okay, I'll keep in mind for if I'm looking for this sound. But yeah, it's I'm always keeping with this whole. There's a plugin that comes in every day. You know, every you know a new plugin every yeah. day. So I, I don't try to. Buy much plugins, but um, I got friends that have all plugins, and then so I don't have this plugin. I go to his studio and try it out. You know, say okay, if it's worth it to buy in it, then fine. But yeah, I'm always trying new stuff, new things. See, you know, and keep ever, you know, this whole music game keeps changing. So I keep, you know, I try to keep keep up with it. And actually, the last episode that we did was my thoughts on plugins versus in the box, and mm -hmm. we talked a lot about efficiency, about speed about yeah. how that's the reason why a lot of these, like, people bigger than us, right? More more Grammys than any of us have, right? But, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, they're all in the box now. And it's yeah. mostly because of exactly what you just said. Mm -hmm. Can I be honest with you? Can you be honest with me? I mean, yeah. other than the time that you spend, because when they give you time, you take time. And, of course, mm -hmm. when you take time, it might sound a little bit better. Um, because then you can take it home and listen to it and do some revisions yourself, you know? Yeah. But if, if you didn't have to, if you were given the same amount of time, would your mixes sound better in the box or using analog gear or would it be the same? That's a good question, man. And I've asked myself that so many times and I've come up to this conclusion. It all depends on the production because mm. if the production is good, it's going to sound good no matter what. But if it's bad, man, I, I like there's like right before this call, I've been mixing this song for like a week, man, and I can't make it sound right at all because it's just the production is like terrible. It's like <laughs> I tried outboard gear, I tried everything, and I'm like, nah, this this ain't working. But yeah, man, I mean, I think if the production the production is a one, no matter what, if you if you do outboard gear or in the box, it's gonna sound dope. No are are there times? Are there actually times where Plugins didn't work, and the analog was the only way that it worked. Yeah, yeah, there was times. There was times that I, you know, that I use my my summon amp. I have nice, um, the uh, dangerous music summon amp that just kicks. It just makes the makes sound so much, so much better. I'm like, yeah, this is why I still have this thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. But would you be afraid? So let's say that you, um, for some reason, someone's borrowing your dangerous summing amp, right? Mm -hmm. So. 
if you finished a mix and it was a high pressure label situation where they're testing you to see if they're going to start signing you and start working with a label artist, right? Yeah. Would you feel bad about sending them a mix without the summing box? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I've, and I've, I mean, I've been in that situation and I've been in such a, a couple times and I'm like, I just make sure it sounds good, man. Uh, in my mind, I know everything's in the box. Everybody works is in the box. So I'm like, okay, since everybody's going to work, I need to make sure that my in the box is going to sound fire. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's just like, I just got to make sure it sounds good. You know, I listen to it everywhere, in my car, my AirPods, you know, anything that has speakers, I listen to my music. And uh, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, I most when it's something like that, that's high pressure, I'm like, yeah, I, I, I just throw everything out and try to, put, you know, listen to it. And in the box, I'll, I'll box, I'll, I'll do different options. But yeah, most of the time, in the box is what works. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I've also been in a lot of like high pressure situations. And to be mm-hmm. fair, you probably have the same, you know, the same experience. But sometimes these people also said no. You know, a lot of times yeah. these people say no. And uh, it's all right. No skin off your back. It's so hard to make people that you don't know happy. And I think it's because yeah. of one specific thing. It's not because of the mix. It's because of trust. Right? Yeah. yeah. So how much, how much do you think that trust has to do with whether someone likes your mix. I, th- I absolutely agree with that. Um, I actually, I, yeah, I agree with that because I have, I, you know, I have an online store and people send me their mixes and stuff like that. So a lot of my clientele, I don't even know them. I just, over the phone, over text. So, I, you know, I usually have a conversation when they send me the mix, I call them up, hey, how you doing? You know, I want to introduce myself, coach, you know, talk to me about this mix. What's your vision? Send me something that your music relates to another artist you know that's out there so i can listen what vibe you're trying to go with i try to get the most information out of them that i can so i could be in the same page as them and, and kind of have that when i have that conversation i could bond with them and they, you know they feel good about that that's so important like that is so i've seen that as so important because people are like okay yeah you know they, they vibe with you they bond with you and they, they trust you so yeah you're absolutely right trust is, is a big thing yeah that's that's awesome okay dude i got a couple other like uh Really quick questions here. What is one of what is your favorite EQ plugin right now? My EQ, I use basic stuff, but my go-to that I can't live without is the McDSP uh, ML4000. Oh, dude, guess what? I'm wearing my McDSP t-shirt right now. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, dog. I can't, I can't live without that plugin, man. I, I be doing miracles with that thing. <laughs> yeah, that's dope. Okay, what about uh your most used? Dynamic plugin, dynamic plugin. Oh, let's let's say for right now, for right now, because I know Mm -hmm. that twenty years your most used is probably not going to be the same. But like currently, what are you using? Currently, I mean, I use the SSLs. I use a lot of SSLs, like the G Bus. Yep, I use those. Uh, I use the CLAs, the JJP. I use. uh, See what else I got here going on. Uh, the R bass, if I want something to kick yeah, ass. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So w- let me ask you another thing. What is the one instrument or vocal that no matter who does it, no matter who you get it from, you're just going to kill? Like, for example, like some people say, I kill like 808s. No matter what, I could make your 808 mm-hmm. sound way better. Oh, okay. That's a good question, man. Shoot. Because I, I think it's the 808 and the bass. Like, pfft. Like, 
you understand my room vibrates, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm on the I'm on the ninth floor of this building. I'm I'm in downtown Worcester, which is like I'm like a block from City Hall. And I'm one of these high rises, the ninth floor. And they can feel my bass like on the fourth floor when I crank <laughs> it up. <laughs> do you ever get in trouble I, for that? Oh, I don't get in trouble, but I do have like the management come over and say, "You're gonna tear down the building." <laughs> <laughs> but they, but they cool with it because when I do that, it's like late night. You know, ah, nobody's yeah, here. Yeah. I crank it up. And I'm like, yeah, it just sounds fire. <laughs> yeah, bro, good, good. So yeah. tell me, like, so with, uh, I mean, obviously a lot of people have the whole question about kick versus bass or bass balancing, mm. checking the low end, mm. whatever it is. What's your yeah. advice? Man, I don't really pay attention too much to that. As long as it kicks, because, you know, I'm a kick dude. As long as I'm feeling it, I go with it. You know what I'm saying? If I need to cut a little bit more from the, from the lower end, then I'll do it. If I need to compress it, then I'll do it. But it's just whatever I'm feeling, and it has to kick. You know, there's a point that I've, I got to feel it. And once I feel it, like, okay, yeah, it's there. And then I would just work with the volume. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. It's so uh, funny. Like, one of the most craziest, not, it's not sad or depressing in any way, but it's kind of like, oh, mm -hmm. like, uh, like I'm overthinking it. We're all overthinking it. Is yeah. with all of these mix with the master session, you ask anybody questions like that and they all say the same thing. They're like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. They're like, yeah. I kind of, uh, there's nothing specific that I do. I just feel it out. And yeah. to be honest, that's mixing, right? You know, like. Yeah, yeah, it is. You just, you just got to feel it and go with the vibe. <laughs> that is awesome. So with your 20 years of experience working with these bigger artists, being in the East Coast, what is one thing that you wish you did uh, in your during your younger years, your earlier years, that would have helped you, set you, put you on a better trajectory now? Uh, I think if I, I mean, to be honest, I tell everybody, if I would have maybe lived in Miami or somewhere like where the music is more, I wouldn't be killing it right now. And I'm here, my, my family's here. Um, stay, you know, now, now things are popping up because of Jordan Lucas. Ever since he's coming out, there's a bunch of artists out here that's coming out and, you know, everybody's looking at Worcester like, okay, you know, who's, who's mixing these records? Who's working with, with these artists? So I've been getting, you know, we've been getting a lot of shine because of that. But before that, if I had a chance to move to LA, I would have moved to Miami. I would have, you know, because that's where the scene is. And I knew I would have killed it out there or at least compete with those big guys Yeah, out there for sure. I mean, sure. but it doesn't seem like you're using that as an excuse now. Seems like you're doing oh, really no. well. Yeah, now I'm like, yo, let's bring it, let's do it. That's dope. <laughs> you know, you, know you, <laughs> you're the type of guy that looks for diamonds in your backyard before you head over to the territory. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. And I think today, I think uh, uh, Jason Joshua on his Instagram posted uh, a Jonas Lucas video. It's like, let's have a. Oh no, I think it was Guru or somebody. It was like on on Jason Joshua. If you go, I, I was there talking shit. I was like, let's have a mix battle with Jonas Lucas song. And I was like, you don't want that smoke. That's a that's a Worcester mass smoke. That's a Worcester mass sound. You don't want that. You ain't ready for that. <laughs> I was over there talking shit. I was like, damn. I was like, damn. What happened? That is awesome. Yeah. That is yeah, awesome. I was, I was yeah. He posted as like a mixing battle with Jordan Lucas. I was like, you don't want that, man. That's 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 a Worcester sound, bro. That's all these engineers out here. That's. That's our sound. Like, you don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Anyway, um, we're going to close this up. Thank you so much for joining us, Tosh. 
Thanks, man. And uh, thank you for giving us some advice, talking about your story. If you like what we're doing, please make sure that you leave a five-star review. That is the best and fastest way to help our channel grow and to let us know if you have any feedback. Also, as always, I always offer free mix feedback. You can always email me an MP3, D-E-E-K-E-I mixes at gmail.com. And, uh, dude, Toach, tell me, tell me uh, how can people find out more about your business? How can people find you? Definitely, for sure. If you're out here in Western Mass or in Massachusetts area, just, you know, Fontana's Recording Studio, just Google Recording Studios in Mass. I come up one of the top ones. Uh, if you're looking for mixing, mastering, I know you're dope, but if you for another alternative, uh, mixbytoach.com, that's my website. You can check out my music. There's a bunch of stuff, the artists that I work with, and the latest stuff there, for sure, mixbytoach.com. And uh, mixbytoach uh, is also your Instagram tag, right? Yeah, it's my Instagram. Yeah, uh, and I, you can, yeah. I'm giving the uh, the DK seal of approval. This guy knows what he's doing. So, Thanks, uh, man. I appreciate that. So, I'm humble, man. I appreciate that. Look him up on Instagram. Look him up on his website. And uh, happy mixing. Stay saucy, my friends. One, two, three. This episode of Mixing Music with DK has been brought to you by LaunchPod Media. If you want to start a podcast, make sure to start it right with LaunchPod Media. Yo, what up? It's DK. Thank you so much for listening to the Mixing Music podcast. I just want to do a quick plug about Antares and Autotune. Antares makes the original industry standard Autotune that we all know and love the sound of. We are sponsored by them, so if you visit mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash Autotune, we do get a small kickback from every purchase. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Please enjoy this episode. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.